Welcome to Vitality Mindset Made Simple, where we take the stress out of being healthy. I'm your host, Dr. Debbie Osmond, and I sincerely thank you for joining me. Many of you have recently uh, been asking me my opinion of artificial sweeteners as related to weight loss. So here in episode 14, that's what we're going to talk about. The weight conscious public often considers artificial sweeteners actually as health food. Now this is information you're going to want. As you well know, food and drink products that contain artificial sweeteners instead of sugar have become increasingly popular in the last uh, like 30 or 40 years. We owe the initial discovery of artificial sweeteners to a few curious and maybe even bored scientists who violated the code of laboratory hygiene and tasted their samples. Now, can you believe that? It's a quirky story about how all of this got started. It was way back in 1879 at John Hopkins University, and that's where saccharin was accidentally discovered when scientists were actually working on coal tar derivatives. So, what in the heck would make a scientist want to taste something that was part of coal tar derivatives? They were either, you know, really hungry, uh, you know, daring each other. Who in the heck knows? But for decades after saccharin's debut, um, it was merely a specialty product just for diabetics and was found only on uh, medicinal shelves. But then came the sugar shortage of World War II, which was followed by a shift toward uh, women wanting thin figures, but still desiring a more, you know, sweeter taste. So around this time, the wording on diet soda bottles uh, discreetly changed from for use in people who must limit sugar intake, you know, i.e. diabetics, to for use in people who desire to limit sugar intake. So saccharin uh, is about 300 times sweeter than regular sugar, but the downside was that it leaves a bitter aftertaste. So the race was on to find alternatives uh, for the next generation of artificial sweeteners. And quite a race it has been. In the research literature, another name for for fake sugar is non-nutritive sweeteners or high-intensity sweeteners. Now note the term high-intensity because that's key in, in our discussion today. Now, the appeal of these high-intensity sweeteners is obviously related to their calorie-free sweet taste. So we all naturally assume that they would contribute to weight loss, uh, or at least not contribute to weight gain. But, uh, however, with the dramatic increase in their consumption, it, we have to evaluate the potential health effects and, more importantly, uh, the potential adverse effects of these artificial sweeteners. So, so where are the clinical human clinical trials? There's a lot of rat studies, of course, always a lot of rat studies. Uh, to my surprise, there were quite a lot of, of human uh, clinical trials, but they mostly studied healthy subjects and they looked at their appetite and their short-term food intake. And, um, but fewer studies looked at uh, long-term, long-term depression, uh, headaches, preterm delivery heart problems, uh, kidney problems, uh, memory challenges, uh, 
other, you know, other other problems. And also fewer studies looked at people with chronic illnesses. They looked at healthy people. So uh, these chronic illnesses are a significant portion of our population. And, and those are often the people that are really interested in these high intensity sweeteners. So the difficulty is in getting good controls uh, when you're dealing with people, because people have a myriad of different chronic inflammatory illnesses. And unfortunately, you know, these chronic inflammatory illnesses are far too common. They affect more than 50% of the adult population. They're also starting to affect many children. You know, type 2 diabetes used to be called adult onset diabetes. That's no longer the term because it's in a lot of children now. And uh, so consequently, uh, there's more people that, that are suffering from problems that are, that are uh, really healthy. So this, it's hard to get good studies. So here is the problem of artificial sweeteners as related to weight loss. You know, most of these artificial sweeteners are hundreds to even thousands of times sweeter than regular sugar, honey, or molasses. And most contain zero calories or very few calories. So it's logical to think that they are harmless. Diet sweeteners can be found everywhere and in some very surprising places in everything from baby food products to frozen dinners. So that's, this is a topic that affects all of us. Even if you think, well, I don't drink, you know, diet soda, you may be getting more artificial, uh, more artificial sweeteners than you even are aware of. It's highly likely that we're all going to encounter artificially sweetened items when making even just day-to-day choices on food and beverages. So because this topic is so broad, I want to concentrate on the uh, short uh, and long-term consequences regarding weight gain, uh, you know, gaining weight or losing weight. I'm not going to concentrate on how they actually affect uh, insulin or how they affect uh, other hormones, how they affect heart disease, uh, kidney disease. I'm not going to talk about that today. Now, most people use artificial sweeteners uh, for either weight loss or weight management. Interestingly, the worldwide obesity epidemic coincides with an increase in the widespread use of non-caloric artificial sweeteners. I mean, those are things like aspartame in Diet Coke, sucralose in Pepsi One. There's a whole bunch. Of course, other things have happened during this time period that cause people to gain weight. Uh, you know, things like more setting, less sleep, more processed food, you know, more more real sugary snacks. I mean, it's not just one thing. And I, I, you know, I'm very careful about uh, stating causation. But unfortunately, we have had the perfect storm for weight gain. Uh, you know, in, in weight gain, weight gain translates to more chronic inflammation. Uh, chronic inflammation causes more weight gain. And so we're on this endless uh, merry-go-round of chronic challenges that you're all aware of. I mean, it's, these are things causing memory problems, fatigue, brain fog, sleep issues, gut problems, uh, joint pain, just all the things that, that, really steal vitality. Now, these are the normal problems that are far too common in our world, and they're far too accepted because they are the usual and the regular pattern. Now, the usual and regular pattern is not good, even though it's normal. Normal in our world is dehydrated, irritated, constipated, frustrated, overscheduled, overstimulated, undernourished, underrested, 
and totally stressed out. So who in the heck wants to be normal? Not me. Normal is craving sugar, but really never feeling satisfied. So why people, you know, people choose diet or light products to lose weight, uh, research studies suggest that artificial sweeteners may actually contribute to weight gain. Oh my goodness, yikes. Let me repeat that statement. People choose diet or light products to lose weight, but research studies suggest otherwise. They suggest that artificial sweeteners may actually contribute to weight gain. Now, this all may seem counterintuitive, but it really just boils down to the neurobiology of food reward. And this is quite shocking that the neurobiology of food reward is a, a new area of study, and it's really super interesting. Uh, They look at how food affects your brain, not necessarily the direct impact on more measurable lab numbers, I mean, like blood sugar or liver enzymes, but the neurobiology of food reward is based more on behavior and and what these, in this area, what these artificial sweeteners make you want more of. Now, I used to complain all the time about rat studies uh, out there until I understood just how difficult it is to do a good human clinical trial. An objective human clinical trial is very, very difficult. Now, to evaluate something like artificial sweeteners and weight gain in people, you have to have all the other factors equal. And keeping all factors equal, you know, whether genetically or environmentally, is easy in a lab rat, but virtually impossible in human. Uh, you can control even the genetics of rats uh, and then and then you know what you give them and what they do and and then study their behavior but that doesn't work with people uh, consequently the very best people studies are the prospective studies now i love prospective studies because uh, prospective studies have a starting point and they look forward to what happens. Uh, participants are enrolled into the study before they develop a disease or uh, whatever the you know the outcome in question is. So they follow this group of people over time and they compare uh, the outcomes and they can know most or most of the variables involved. Now this is opposite of most studies which are retrospective retrospective studies where researchers enroll people who already have the disease or condition and then they ask questions and try to find reasons for you know what has happened or not happened so you can see why prospective studies are so interesting but they're also so difficult to do they cost a lot of money and they have to have lots of committed people uh, these studies usually last for a few years or even uh, decades. There's a lot of good ones out there, and I'll be talking about them as we uh, move forward in Vitality Mindset Made Simple podcast. Um, so human research has to rely on voluntary voluntary dietary control. And even with the prospective studies, rodents are a lot easier. Uh, I, would, I would expect that uh, for scientists, I'd rather deal with rats than people a lot of times. So these independent prospective studies uh, on artificial sweeteners are very, very interesting. They have, they have, they're giving us a lot of good insight. And generally, experiments uh, have found that sweet taste, whether it's delivered by real sugar or artificial sweeteners, will actually enhance human appetite. Now, let that sink in. The more you taste sweet, the hungrier, hungrier your brain will be for sweets. It's the sweet taste that triggers your brain to want more 
food. So this food reward area of our brains shares the, you know, shares the brain circuitry with addiction. Uh, so, so that's the problem. When sweetness is withheld from rats, they actually binge later when when sweets given back to them. And it's you know, we have similar binging behavior in people. However, the evidence uh, suggests that artificial sweeteners don't activate those food reward pathways in the same way as natural sweeteners. Because remember, they're high intensity sweeteners and they are so intensely sweet uh, as well as not contributing any calories that we really never can get satisfied with them. I mean, they're just, they're just, you know, binging it, the brain at really uh, a high rate and and really, the brain doesn't know what to do. It makes people crave more sugar. So here we are back to the problem. You know, most of these artificial sweeteners, they're hundreds to thousands of times sweeter than sugar. Uh, most contain zero calories. So it's logical to think that they're harmless. I mean, that's the big thing. We have to change our mindset and know that, indeed, these sweeteners are doing something to our brains. They're doing a lot to our bodies. Um and that, you know, who knows what in the world is happening. So so it's certainly another discussion uh, on what they're doing to our bodies because many of these chemicals are indeed not harmless. Uh, the important message for today's episode is that these non-nutritive sweeteners, these high-intensity sweeteners, uh, can affect your brain and they actually make you crave sugar. So pause and take a breath. Let this soak in. The takeaway message for today is to keep it real. It's normal for us to want a sweet treat. It's normal to use sweets to celebrate. I I think it's um, impractical to say that we're never going to eat sugar again. Many, uh, I, I I'm not. I'm going to enjoy sugar. I just want to be smart about it, and I want to help you be smart about it too. So read labels and know what is in your food. When you see giant long words you can't pronounce, you know, find out what they mean and keep it real as much as possible. Make sure that your breakfast, you know, is not actually dessert. Uh, It's not just loaded with sugar. When you look at grams of sugar, even uh, real sugar, know that every four grams of sugar is one teaspoon. I think it really helps to picture that. And when you want something sweet, uh, you know, have have a little bit of of something sweet. Always focus first, of course, on you know fresh fruit because you're going to get all those antioxidants and things that are going to increase uh, your quality of life. And and when you want a sweet dessert, you know make something. Uh, eat eat something homemade if possible. Uh, Harness local honey. Enjoy local honey. Eat some molasses. And remember, it's the dose that makes the poison. In Proverbs in the Bible, it says that it's not good to eat too much honey. I think that's even in there a couple of times. So, so you want to um, you want to minimize or even avoid artificial sweeteners. But when you are eating sugar, enjoy it and um, eat the real thing. So these because these high intensity sweeteners are hundreds of times sweeter than sugar. And if you program your brain that that's what sweet is, you're not going to enjoy real sugar as much. When you, uh, when you decrease and eliminate those artificial sweeteners, you're actually going to enjoy your food much, much more. Because you're going to be sending like good vibes to your brain. That's a good thing. So thank you for joining me today for episode 14 of Vitality Mindset Made Simple. 
I'm working hard to help you take the stress out of being healthy. Uh, Please subscribe and share. We are now in 17 countries and 159 or so cities, and it's because of you. And I thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me. Thank you for sharing this. Um, Blessings until next time.